in your word, but inspiring those, Lord, who, who you have given illumination to, to instruct and to encourage us. So we thank you for that, Lord, and we ask that you would uh, just be with our conversation. Thank you for the joy that is here. All these prayer requests, Lord, that we know about, um, Harold and Haley, Lord, and, and all these that we are, have been praying for, we just ask that you would work. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. There she is. Yeah, now we can. We saved you a seat. I'm not, I'm not sure I've ever received such a triumphantly warm welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Well, well maybe next week we'll have to work on that. <laughs> You already did. Yeah. I'm <laughs> We're just happy to see you. Thank you. I'll bet you there's not too many Sunday schools that have this kind of attendance in the field. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, Southeast Idaho surprises me. Those, you know, that we have our attendance is doesn't get moved by. Um, by holiday weekends, because most everybody here is like, no, we're going on the weekends that aren't the holiday weekend, uh, and so I'm like, oh wow, yeah, you know, thank you guys, yeah, it's 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 great. Well, we jump into the Lord's Prayer, um, and again, the, the idea is that as we we have missed many of these things memorized and and whatnot, that that we would um, not necessarily just say them by rote. But that we would uh, that we would <laughs> you've moved too quickly for them. She's she has made a decision, Steve. <laughs> oh, you're great. I've got understanding skills of a feminine And so uh, again, that when we when we talk about these things or when we do them in our services, they would just have deeper meaning to them, and that and that we would realize that there's more than just saying these words, right? Because because I mean, it's easier to say our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I mean, I've had that memorized since I was a real young kid. It's kind of like John three sixteen, right? You know, we we know these things. We just say them a lot of times, and it's like, well, if we'd stop and pause and go and think of the weight of what we're saying, hopefully that would impact. And enrich in what we do. So, um, enrich. Our, our Father who art in heaven. So what does this mean? Um, with these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true Father and that we are his true children. So that with all boldness and confidence, we may ask him as dear children, as their dear Father. So now we've discussed the idea of um, father being a difficult concept in today's day and age because again the, the, we've had, we have a huge culture of absent fathers and we've seen a great emasculation of, of, of men figures and father figures in, in, in modern culture and so to be a, like a man who, who hunts and fishes and actually makes decisions for the family and, and uh, not that not without help from the, from the spouse of course but, but has is frowned upon now, right? Uh, you, you know, women, uh, not, not the women here, but women get together and they say, you know, I'm not going to let that man, you know, or they, even more than that, what they do is they, they undermine the man by talking about how silly men are. And I agree, right? We're, 
get a bunch of guys together, and if there's fire or or, or axes or something around, there's going to be an accident. That's just the way we are, right? We're not that smart. Now, as we get older, we, we think it a little bit more, and so we get maybe less scratches than we did before. But, I mean, it, it's just part of... Of, of who we are, but that doesn't negate the fact that God has still placed order, right, and how we're supposed to be, and, and father figure is a huge thing. Statistics will tell you people need dads. They need their fathers. They need that in their lives. So, we're going to look through a bunch of scriptures here today, because I want to connect some dots. So let's start with 1 John 3, 1 through 3, and we're going to look at it through how does addressing our prayers... Um, to the Father, encourage us to pray. So someone read 1 John 3, verses 1 through 3. Please. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Okay, so um, we are called the children of God, and then it says we are now children of God. We are the children of God. And I think that sometimes that's, again, we go back to First Peter 2, we're a, a holy priesthood. You know, people that, that are his own. So how does that, um, how does addressing God as our Father um, encourage us? How does, how does this understanding that we're his children right now and that he's our Father, how does that encourage us to pray? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking that there might be some ownership that he has initiated our, our response. He is the creator. He's initiated it. He wants us to be in that relationship and made a way for us to, to have that relationship so that we can understand that you are owned by me. I created you and I want to have fellowship with you. Okay. We've got room for you. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. <laughs> Steve, will you grab her a paper, please? Grab her. Um, so I, I always think about this when um, you see a father and like a two or three year old or even a little bit older that's just discovering things. And um, you can just see the delight of the father upon that kid. And the kid runs to the dad all the time, right? Um, you know, and says, for whatever reason, especially when they want to show you something, uh, right? And, and so we look at this, and, and this, there's a dependency that kids, especially the younger that they are, and children have upon their parents that, for whatever reason, they quit having, which might be nice or might not be nice, I don't know. But, but there's a still, I mean, even as kids get older and they think that they know stuff, when things go bad... Who do, who do they run to? Um, is, is, there, is their dad or their mom, right? Typically, they know. Um, uh, and so there's a, there's a hopefully a tenderness there 
that when we pray, wait a second, this is my dad. This is my true father who functions from love and mercy and care for me. And so that shifts the narrative of how I feel, right? When I'm going to pray, man, if I really think and believe, and this is where the, the challenge is, I really think and believe and know that he's my father, then there's nothing I can't talk to him about. There's nothing I can't share with him. And most fathers, when their kids mess up, already know about it. Right? Especially when, you know, when they're in their house and they're under the, under the watchful care. I would watch my kids, and I don't think I was a, too rude of a parent, but I would actually watch them. If I, if I told them, hey, don't do it this way, but then they would do it that way, I'd watch them do it. And then that gave me a great teaching opportunity to say, okay, you know, so um, I had to fight my desire to chastise them and tease them and make them feel small. <laughs> See, I told you, no, but, <laughs> but, uh, but just, you know, failure is a great opportunity to establish that, that care and that love. Um, but I think for us, we are children. So let's connect some dots here through scripture. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. So we talked about ownership earlier, right? That we are, there, there's the proof, right? Remember, 1 John says, we are now children of God. And, that whole, and the Holy Spirit is, is telling us that, that, that you are God's. You are his children. And a lot of times we fight to believe that because we find shame or we don't feel like we're good enough. My dad doesn't want to see. I've never met a time where, I mean, I've disappointed my dad's I won't go into details often. And I never doubted his love for me. He was upset sometimes. And he was very disappointed sometimes. And, and the reaction was, was earthly for a time. But then he would always follow it up with, okay, I'll help you. I'm here with you. Let's get through this together. So um, how about Psalm 103, 13? As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, and he remembers that we are dust. Okay, now we're going to talk about that even on Ash Wednesday, that, that from dust you are to dust you will return. Again, talking about the frailty of the human body and, and how broken um, this, this flesh is. And that fortunately our, our, our hope is not in our flesh. Because the flesh will not inherit the kingdom. That's why we have to be changed, born of the Spirit. But how does that comfort you in knowing in that scripture that he knows that we are, he has compassion on his children, for he knows our frame, some say, or he knows that we're only dust? How does that comfort you? Or does it? <laughs> Okay. 
approach. I think it's hard for us, I, for me, to think God loves me that much. It's, I'm harder on myself right. than he is on me, probably. <clears throat> We suffer from, and I'm not picking on you when I say this, but since you said it, so, but we suffer from narcissism. And some people will say, oh yeah, you know, there'll be what I call reverse narcissism. It's not really, it's still narcissism because the focus is on ourselves. You know, even if we're like, oh, I'm, I'm so unworthy, it appears to the world, oh, well, that's a really humble person. But yet, all we do is talk about our unworthiness. And, and it's like, well, you're still talking about yourself. And, and that's just our, the, the, the wickedness of our heart, right? It's always in the flesh, always trying to prop itself up when, like you just said, it, you know, it's not about us. And <coughs> Because I suffer from that. But isn't there a point where, to take from Maslow, there's a point in which, yeah, your focus is there because of your insecurities and whatnot, and as you grow in your your faith in God and come to not only know but believe these things, get them from your heart to your, from your yeah, head to your heart, heart yeah. then you can move past those things. Well, I, I would like to say that, that ideally you're right, um, but until we take our final breath, we're still going to be dealing with the issues of the, and the battle of the flesh and the spirit. Hopefully, though, as we grow, when we talked about sanctification, whatever, three, two weeks ago, um, hopefully, in the narrow sense of that, we're seeing that. We're seeing that, that growth to where the things that really consumed us before don't consume us like they used to. We're a little more sensitive, hopefully, to sin in our lives, or we just don't, we don't choose the sin in our lives like we used to. Um, but we still realize that we're still not all that. We're still not there. But don't we get, uh, 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 you know, by growing in our faith, get to a point where we stop, it stops being all me? You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, you know, when you have somebody that is just constantly beating themselves up, sure. as they grow in their relationship with Christ, and they come to, like I said, truly believe that we're a child of God, that we can move the whole me and I thing. I hear what you're saying and I think that the, the challenge that we have is as long as we're carrying around this body of flesh it will be impossible to completely get beyond deal, dealing with the flesh. Um, now do we have victories? Do we grow in the spiritual man? You know Paul talks about, you know, we're babes in Christ and then we grow. He wants to give us meat. So hopefully, you know, there is that. That's why we gather together. So there is, you know, my focus is redirected upon the Lord. Steve? I was going to say that it's interesting the model of his is he, he is in, the, in Psalms over here, but I was speaking my two best friends over there, both of them, their dads were a model. They're, uh, they both were uh, in liturgical churches. They both walked away. They had nothing to do. They were offended through the church and their dads. But we constantly talk about their dad's uh, inability to have affection, to show uh, compliance, instruction. He fed them, but I mean it was always through selfish thing. You know, when uh, they couldn't they couldn't touch the TV set, they couldn't do this. The chores were they're ordering around, and even at 55, you know, with that example, and we, we go through it. And the Lord's taking small steps as I just uh, interact with them. 
but one is uh, 65, the other one's 55, and we're still going over stuff in the family. And I mean, it's amazing the, from the scriptural standpoint, if you don't have, in Christ, you can understand that, but if you had a, didn't have a representation of that, uh, that love, acceptance, and forgiveness from your dad, uh, I mean, I figure that's why uh, the male a aspect of uh, families is under attack, because it's just that important. If you don't know that God loves you and receive that through the a father, you're probably like my two brothers are crippled. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that, because I, I think, Gene, to your point is like, why even try? If that's the reality, right? Well, just kind of hope that one day, you know, my, my comments won't be so much me and I. Well, that <laughs> will be one day because you'll be in glory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, so I've been dealing, you know, been hanging out with Harold the, the last, uh, you know, week or so. And, uh, um, you know, even at the end of life, you have a lot of this rest. You see the wrestling, you know, I'm so blessed. God's been so good to me, which is good stuff. That's not about him. He's just saying how blessed he is. And then on the flip side, um, I don't know why I'm not good enough for him to take me home. Um, and so we, and so it's a great picture for us. And this is normal for people at end of life. You, you know, why, who, you know, my grandma you know, died at 99. She's like, well, why, for the last five years ago, why am I here? I don't, they're, they're, you know, everything that they used to be able to do, they can't do anymore. And they know that they can't do it anymore, which is really, you know, a struggle for them. And so, but we see that. And so I think that, um, what I would say, Gene, is the recognition that I'm being selfish comes quicker, we hope, right? As, as we go in the Lord, wait a second, this is not, this is, this is about Jesus, not about me. Um, and that's, and that I think, um, you know, you'll never reach the point where you do it all right. You just won't on this side. I and mean, that's not a defeatist attitude. It's just, there's always, from the moment I took my first breath to the moment I take my last breath, I am completely dependent upon the mercy and the grace of God. Um, because, you know, there's no reason. And then again, back to Psalm 103, he knows. He knows our frame. He knows, that he knows how he made us, right? He took us from the dirt of the earth and he made us. And he knows. And so that brings great comfort for those guys who have horrible fathers, right? Those people who, who just can't understand a good father. Well, God is the father they've always wanted and, and more. He, he's beyond what we can ask or think. And I think that, that, that that's what we have to encourage people that have father issues is go, well, gee, God is way better. You know, he, he wants you to, to, to understand that he's your father and he wants you to understand his goodness. How about um, Ephesians 2, 4 through 6? But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So how does that help us understand us being children of God? In Christ that we get there. Wonderful. It's in Christ. I mean, and so there's a, what's, you guys ever hear that, that old chorus? Um, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. You ever hear that one? I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his, anyway, it says joint heirs with Jesus as we travel. And I think sometimes we don't realize that, that, that we are, as Ephesians said, been given all the riches in the heavenly places in Christ. And what, who was Jesus Christ? 
God, but what 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 is he called? The Son of God. So if we're in the Son of God, what that makes us a child of God. And so we need to connect these dots. It's really important for us because sometimes we hear these things and we say these things and we don't take the time to go, wait, what does that really mean? What is that when I say our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name, or hallowed be thy name, I, I I'm proclaiming that my life is hidden in Christ by saying that. And that I am a child of the King. Uh, Philippians 3, verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so does it say someday we'll be citizens of heaven? So, our citizenship is in heaven. Okay, so how does that make you feel? What are your thoughts on that? Currently need to be conscious that I'm, I want to be a good citizen of heaven. I know, it, I know that when God sees G, me, he sees Jesus and I'm covered. And I don't know how these people who have whole churches who say, well, I just go out and sin all I want because I'm saved. And there's a bunch of them. Because how could you want to do something that would hurt the Father or the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Well, and that goes to a direct correlation to how the gospel was presented to them. Uh, because we can't be this. We're not the same anymore. I've, I've met countless people who received the free gift of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sins that try to go back to how they were. And for a short time, they kind of go right back into it. But then the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's been given to them, Kind of makes them go, um, you don't like this anymore. This isn't, you know, what, this isn't who you are anymore. Um, and then all of us, well, I can't speak for all of us, but all, of, well, sure, I will, I'll say it. But many of us have gone back and done something that we know God has called us out of, and then we're like, and, and, we, and we never felt as bad as we've ever felt before, because we're like, man, you know, I, that's a, I think you really touched on it when you said the Holy Spirit, because, I mean, if you are truly you know, his, and you drift, you know, one way or the other, Holy Spirit is going to be upon you and say, hey, Frank, wait a minute, you know, really, what are you thinking about here? You know, I mean, that's, that's the way that deals with me. Yeah. No, there's that internal struggle happens, and that's, again, he's guiding us. We're going down a journey, a path. Again, we're realizing to what, who we really are in Christ. Our destiny is sure. We know where we're going, um, and along the path, he has these, it's kind of like um, when you go bowling and they put the bumpers up in the gutter, right? You know, you go, oh, there's the Holy Spirit. Here's the bumper pushing you back to the middle. And, you know, a lot of times, what do we do? We go way too far the other way. <laughs> and, and now he's like, he's like, I don't want you to be a Pharisee. Now get back in the middle, right? So we go back and forth. But we know that we're going to strike the pin because he's the one that's doing it for us. Um, so... How about uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17? This goes a lot with citizenship. Therefore, oh. <laughs> Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay. So if you're in Christ, you are somebody new. Now, what's the? Uh, we talked about this a long time ago when we started the, the life in Christ. But... What, what's the easiest way to be a citizen of a country? 
to be born there, right? So, we're, the old has passed away, the new has come. Jesus says, you must be born of the flesh and of the spirit. So the easiest way to be a citizen is to be born into that country. So we have been born into the kingdom of heaven. Yes? It probably has nothing to do with it, but it just made me think of what's happening now where people are storming our borders. Sure. And then, but there's a verse somewhere that says something about the wicked take it by force. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the big battle, right? You guys aren't really citizens. You, you know, like, I would say all of us in here don't mind if people become citizens, right? Well, you know, that's great. Become a citizen. That's one thing that makes America so great. We make it so you can become a you citizen. Just don't step over a line and you're there. Right, but let's, let's do it properly and let's mm -hmm. do it correctly. And again, if we're talking about the kingdom of God, there is a way mm -hmm. to become a citizen of heaven, and that's through the means of grace that Jesus provides for us in the forgiveness of sins. And so that's the way. Now, a lot of people and a lot of religions try to go around that, which is a good, well, see, I'll tie your analogy in just fine. But, you know, to where they're, they're trying to get it a different way. They want all the benefits of heaven, or they want all the benefits of America, but without really being, and again, we see in the wedding feast, the parable, where the, the king invites all the people to the wedding feast and the people are too busy so he gets all the people off of the highways and byways but there's one there who tried to get there without the proper attire which basically you did not you did not come as you were supposed to come and so he got cast out and we see that in you know we can apply that to many things but in the church specifically steve i, I find it interesting when carl mentioned that i was thinking if i lived in in uh Guatemala or whatever it is, I live there. I notice I'm not going to Brazil or Ecuador or Chile. I'm trying to come to the United States. Obviously, those people over there, and I got thinking to myself over there, you mentioned that, I said, I would do that myself. If I lived in Guatemala, I was a squalor and in prison, I would be trying to go to a place that was better than I thought. Kind of like being a Christian. She says that coming into illegally, and she's right. But I was just thinking, it, maybe there's something in the heart that says, Maybe I, I can find something that's better for myself. And, you know, yeah. there's a, you might, maybe the Lord's leading a, a thing of saying, hey, there is something better. I know when God was ministering to me, there was a place of saying, hey, are you really happy here? No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. You know, I can do this or I can do that and improve that. So we are children of God now, First John. Uh, we know that, we, that the Holy Spirit is that guarantee, proof that we are his children. We also take comfort in the fact in Psalm 103 that he knows our frame, right? He has compassion on his children, and he knows, that, he knows what he made us of. He knows the stuff that made us, and that's great comfort too. Again, uh, when these bodies are going to decay and, and go away. And so when you look at the flesh, the bodies, these things are, are not what we put our hope in. And then Ephesians. Uh, two, four through six, right? We're now in Christ and, and proof that Christ is the Son of God. If we're in Christ, then we are children of God. Philippians 3.20, we are citizens of heaven. And then 2 Corinthians 5.17, how do we know that? Because we've been born into this citizenship, right? Uh, the old has passed away, the new has come. If you keep going in Philipp or 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, and therefore we're ambassadors. Right? So again, if you're a citizen, you're an ambassador. And, and when you go to another country, people know you're American. 
whether that's positive or negative, I'm, I'm not going to say. But when you go to another country, people know you're an ambassador of the United States. And that's a great tale for us to go. Do people know? Again, not to put any guilt trip or any, you know, um, any compulsion on, on us, but do people know that you're different than this world? Uh, you know, some people may know that you're different, but <laughs> do they know that you're, that you're a citizen of heaven? And again, that doesn't, it doesn't mean you lead with that, but there are characteristics and marks of a Christian that should be evident as we grow. You, those marks become more and more evident. That's our hope, right? That we're doing it more. So how about 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10? Should be familiar to us. We've covered it the last couple of weeks. But, but you are chosen, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Okay, so this again talks about who we are. Um, and I think Carly said it very beginning is believing it as a whole different game, right? Because I, I hear these words and, and, and I speak these words, but yet inside I'm like, okay, how does that really play out in my life? Uh, how do I, do I feel chosen? Uh, do I feel that special that God has chosen me? You know, and then who am I? I mean, you know, well, he chooses everybody, yeah, but he's, he's still, it's still an active pursuing that God has done. As a father, he pursues us. Uh, you know, we think of the prodigal son. Uh, the, the indication of how Jesus tells the story is that daily, the father was looking for his son to return. He was looking for that. Um, and, and ready and willing and wanting to pour out his love upon that child. Romans eight fifteen and 16. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again. The fear, but to uh, receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit of fears or bears witness with our spirit that we are, that we are the children of God. Mm -hmm. And that Abba, Father is a, is a term of endearment. Um, some people take it a little too far in my opinion and say well I'm going to call him daddy okay that might be okay for a minute or, or a season in your life but it, it's not really the, the term there the term is that, that he is trustworthy reliable and you know his love in such a way that, 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 you're, that he's not just dad right he's, he's more than that um, and there's again, there's a relationship is really what it's indicating here that you are actually his child. Um, and again, that spirit of adoption, uh, you know, we have been brought in and we've been changed. And the adoption for us is way different than what we see as adoption today, right? I mean, it's a, it's a literal blood transfusion. It's now you're no longer who you were. You are now completely made new in Christ. Um, we get a glimpse of it in, in adoption, right? But, but it's still not the same as what Jesus 
has done for us. How about 2 Corinthians 6.18? What a great promise, right? <laughs> you will be, and it's not just I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters. Uh, because for him to say I'm a father, that would indicate that there has to be some sort of offspring, right? Uh, and so, again, so when we look at all these scriptures that we just covered, and there's many more that speak clearly of, of, of what, what God has done on our behalf in Christ, but we are the children of God. And so when we gather here, that, that means a lot of things. It means we're family. Um, it means that, that we all cry out to the same Father who we know is reliable, and we can encourage one another. Hey, you know what happened when I went to Dad with this, if we want to call it that flippantly? When I went to our Father, um, this is what I experienced, and I know He has the same for you. So how, again, now I'm going to ask the question again, how do the previous verses encourage us to address our prayers to our Father in Heaven? Well, for me, I think discussing the term Father in and of itself means that you're after a relationship. Your prayers should be a communication between somebody, you, yourself, and somebody you have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so relationship definitely is huge, right? It's kind of like, um, not to be disparaging, but it's kind of like when the Catholic priest, so I've been watching one episode, or one, uh, yeah, anyway, series of Worst Cooks in America, and there's Father Adam on there. They don't have a relationship with him other than he's a contestant on, he's a Catholic priest who's a contestant on this show, and yet they're calling him Father Adam. I'm like, well, that's, that's a title only. It's not relationship. It, it, it's not a, it, it's not this real intimate relationship that God is calling us to. Uh, because earthly fathers, whether it be a religious father, spiritual father, or natural father, still fail in comparison to what God is calling us into. When I read the Old Testament, I realize that God, he did, he didn't want ever to be addressed frivolously. Mm -hmm. Which brings us comfort, though, too, right? Because we know. We know his character. And so it's not just, you know, it's like, wow, you love me this much, and you want to hear me, and, um, and I have confidence that you're going to answer what's best for me. Jean? But that should be humbling and not... Oh, sure. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And I was just going to confess, I'm guilty of that. That, you know, is just when I go to prayer is not having that reverence and forgetting that and I, you know part of it may be laziness and 
ignorance on my part, but also I think part of it comes out of the, the whole thing over the last 40 or 50 years. Oh, well, he's just your buddy and he's your friend. And that's true, he is your friend, but there, there should be that reverence there. The greatest friend ever. Look who my friend is. No. <laughs> well, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that relationship is key. And that's why I, I like what, what that we're going through this with, because it's important that we understand who we're addressing when we pray. It's important that we go, our father. This is not just my dad, not just my father. It's a father who's in heaven. And his name is holy. And so this is not just... Um, you, you know, hey, can I have five bucks <laughs> type of person? Yes, Harold. So, I don't know if this was planned or whatever, but I mean, the verses that you have us reading are all New Testament verses. I mean, to me, one of the big differences between the Old and New Testaments is in the Old Testament, you didn't just approach the Father because you were not allowed to see the Father. Mm-hmm. It was only It's only through Christ that we can approach Well, and and you make a great correlation there because even Jesus, when he's confronting um, the Pharisees, you know, they're they're saying Abraham's our father. They didn't even go, you know, to God. And, And he's like, well, if he was your father, you know, your father's actually the devil. And so Jesus bridges this gap to your point to where we can actually be children have direct access to God where before in the Old Testament you know only one person once a year could even get into the Holy of Holies and that was you know you know tickets to a show to see what happens right I mean you, you know that was even with great fear and trepidation and 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 God was and Jesus came to say no everyone gets access to the Father um, through me right so yep uh, how about uh, Galatians 3.26? Why is it important to understand God as our Father? For you all are, for you all are uh, sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is when we talk about the Apostles' Creed, we talked about why is it important that we say, I believe, right? And, we, and the whole, though we're confessing it corporately, I believe, in, in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, we're, we're, we're addressing that corporately. No one can have that faith for you. It has to be yours that you, that you apprehend, right? That God has given to you. You hold on to it by faith. Well, here is a very much broader corporate. It's not, you know, that's our Father. So um, what's really fun when we, when we recite it together is that we're, we're all children saying, Our Father together and and what a what a beautiful thing it's like you know we're coming together for a family reunion every sunday um and and we're we're going to go you know pray to our father how about first peter so first peter 2 9 was you're a chosen people right he's adopted you so we've already read that but you're you're a chosen people he has chosen for you to be his children and ephesians 4 6 we're in christ right um so go ahead and someone read ephesians 4 6 I might have quoted two six. So, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. 
one God, Father of all. Right? And, and so I think it's important for us. God did not save us um, till we can be islands all, of, all to ourselves. He saved us into a family. He saved us into a community of believers. And, and so when we come together, it's not, um, you know, it would be weird if we said, my Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? That would be strange. Because, first of all, we've always heard our Father, so we're like, well, I don't but, um, but there's this corporate aspect, this familial aspect of our Father that's important for us to recognize. He's not just my God. He's not just the God of, of the people in this church. He is the Father, one God of all for time and eternity. Now, not everyone recognizes that, right? I mean, we know that, that not everybody receives that. But he is the creator of all. So we'll finish this one up and then we'll dive into your kingdom come. What does that mean? Because that's a, that's a big one. We'll finish this one up next week and then we'll start diving into your kingdom come. Um, so let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are our father. Lord, I pray that as we approach you and as we profess publicly and together um, who you are, that it would strengthen our faith and we would just hear the words of, of other children of yours professing their reliance upon you. We thank you that you have adopted us and changed us and brought us into this wonderful life in Christ. Uh, may we just uh, be encouraged and desire to share it more with others. In Jesus' name, amen.